This is The Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me are Jim Spence and Ian Roach. And we're also joined this week by Paul Third, a writer with our sister paper, The P&J, and podcaster on The Northern Goal. Well, Paul, let's look back at that thriller we had at McDermott Park on Saturday. <laughs> oh, sorry, oh, sorry, that's wishful thinking. That's well, That was the original plan. No, not, not the story you were expecting to cover one week into a new season, was it, Paul? Uh, no. Talk us through how it kind of all panned out from... Uh, t- cut a long story short... What was your what was your take on it all and how it all panned out? Well, personally, I was never never been so happy to have Friday as my day off last week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's ever thus, isn't it? When there's a big story breaking. <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday, um, word came out that uh, Aberdeen had a positive test, and we were like, "Oh, here we go." And then as the day unfolded, it just got worse. Um, then the news of a second player having a, a positive test came out and then it was waiting and waiting and waiting. We had the joint response group involved, we had the Scottish government involved and it, I think it was about half past eight at night before we got confirmation. Yes, there's been two positive tests. Uh-huh. The first one has been confirmed, but actually there's eight guys who were involved in this uh, sorry mess that was developing and they're all in isolation. But the game at Perth is going on. Then we kick into Friday and it just, all, all hell broke loose, basically. The First right. Minister. We Nicola had a we Nicola came and studs up. Yes, deservedly so. The, the guys yes. have got no complaints. No complaints. Guilty as charged. Dylan McGeoch, let's name them. Mikey Devlin, Scott McKenna, Craig Bryson, Johnny Hayes, Sam Cosgrove, Bruce Anderson, and a guy you'll know well, Matty Kennedy. Yes, um, indeed. I mean, it, it kind of, I mean, just reading the list... Uh, <laughs> It's not the young kids in the team, is it? Or was Bruce Anderson, you know, is is the youngest of the the group of them. But there's some senior pros amongst that lot, isn't there? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, let's not forget, we've also got the vice chairman of PFA Scotland amongst that group, oh, yeah, okay, and Mikey yeah. Devlin. It, it it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for them at all. Yes, I mean, and then obviously we got into the we got into the statements and the and the apologies. I must. I mean, we we all know Derek McInnes very well from this part of the world from. Some further back than me, Jim, Jim and Ian dealing with him at United and myself a lot at St. Johnson. And, you know, Derek's very good in these situations. He 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 said everything that you would expect him to say. Then we got the, the statement from the, the Aberdeen players, didn't we? And I'm, I'm guessing there was a, a press officer involved in that one. And then jo- Johnny Hayes did a bit to the to the Aberdeen TV. Is that what they call it? Ab- whatever, yeah, Red TV, it's Red called. Red TV yeah. did yeah. a piece of that. So, okay, I mean, we're, we're not going to go back over all the, the rights and wrongs. It's it's all out there now, isn't it? I mean, did one thing I would say, maybe 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 bring Jim and Ian on at this point. I have to, maybe we're look, looking at this from a, a Perth point of view. The thing I thought that was missing, and maybe Paul can correct me if I'm, if I'm doing somebody a disservice here, looking at the Derek... Dave McCormack, and I th- I'm homing in particularly on the players' statement that they had a lot of time to to look look at, and this is this is well after the the postponement. I haven't seen St Johnson mentioning all of this, as in yeah. you know directly saying, "Look, we're really sorry to St Johnson, their players, their fans, all the rest of it." This was their first home game. You know they've been severely dis- You know they already they already had the pre-season friendly called off with St Murn. They've only played two pre-season friendlies and one competitive game. I thought, particularly in the players' one, there should have been a there should have been a direct message, a direct reference to St Johnston. Would you agree with that, Jim? Yeah, I mean, 
uh, Dave Cormack and, and Steve Brown, I'm pretty sure have have, um, have chewed the oh, fat. I'm sure there's been conversations. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's private. I mean, and, and Steve Steve went on and did an interview with Sky. Um, <clears throat> Saints were very phlegmatic about it. If you're being, but we know the Browns. You know Jeff and and Stevie to some extent. They were like that. You know, they knew it was a fait accompli. Not much could be done. But I thought it would have from a public relations point of view, it wouldn't have done any harm at all if a wee addendum had been added because St. Johnson have been badly wronged here. Scottish football's been badly wronged. As you say, no point going back over. Eric's done and dusted now. The guys, look, you know, they've been punished. They will be punished. We can't hang them out to dry. They've made a mistake. Um, they will undoubtedly be kind of, you know, um, full of, you know, full of the woes uh, about that. But I think a wee nod in the direction of, of the grief that had been caused to St. Johnson. Um, would not have gone amiss, and it might be something that uh, the, the Dons think um, uh, you know think about uh, uh, addressing. The one thing I would say in Derek McInnes's defence is he did mention St Johnston in his presser uh, on Friday, saying he tried to get in touch with Callum Davidson before coming. Oh, in that's good. I mean, I, apologize. I, I must admit, um, I, I didn't read. He, I didn't. Read he said he was embarrassed by what had happened, and St Johnston have done nothing wrong in any of this. Oh, that's good. I'd be, I'd be unhappy if I was in their shoes as well. So, well, that, 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 that that's good, Eric, because you know Derek Derek McInnes is, is still very, very highly thought of um, at, at McDermott Park. You know, I mean, it was, it was where he kind of cut his his teeth. So that. that that's good because I mean Saints are the innocent party in all of this. You know, you had the sky uh, outside broadcast trucks and all the rest that are sitting there ready, raring to go, and, and and Saints have been caught badly. But you know, the, the simple truth of the matter is there is no no point now in flogging a dead horse. I mean, you know, the, the eight culprits um, um, have been embarrassed publicly. They've been humiliated humiliated. I mean, I had a pop with them in my column on Saturday. And I have to say, it's not something I'm fond of doing uh, with professional football players. I, you know, I'm not one of these uh, journalists that likes to put the boot into guys. They've made a mistake. Um, I suspect it could have happened to anyone. Some of them are more senior players, which is a wee bit upsetting. Maybe, you know, you can make all sorts of arguments as to whether the instructions were clear enough and all the rest of it. But the bottom line is now they know uh, they shouldn't have done it and they've been taken to task. Uh, and we move on, as they say in the game. Ian, does does there does the sort of the the there but for the grace of God phrase that a lot of people seem to be thinking along those lines? You know, think it, it could have been anyone type thing. Does that wash? Does that wash for you? It does. It does a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I did an interview with uh, Dundee United defender Mark Connolly, who who uh, he he set out how difficult this was on Saturday. He set how difficult it is for players. Um, to to abide by the rules. I know we all have to <laughs> abide by the rules, but for, for footballers, there's a lot to kind of think about all the time. So I do have some sympathy. What I don't have sympathy, I, I mean, I, I'd like to ask uh, Paul about this. Kind of being a, a bit jokey here, but I love the statement saying, uh, by no means, uh, this was by no means a team night out as has been portrayed. <laughs> uh, did they just make a mistake? Were they meant to be going for a pint of milk in the supermarket well, <laughs> and they just kind of came across this this pub? I knew this was coming. My my <laughs> understanding was they, they had gone for a meal after the game, which given the result against Rangers was probably not the best idea okay, yeah. in the first instance. Um, I'm not going to excuse their behaviour, but what I would say is I do to an extent understand the player's logic is as wrong as it may have been. Because we know that they, they, their thought is the eight of us are okay. If we stick together, we'll be fine. We've been in our own bubble. We're working day in, day out together. We know we're all okay. We're tested twice a week. We'll just go get something to eat. We'll maybe nip in somewhere for a pint or a glass of wine or a soft drink, whatever it may be, and up the road. However, what they haven't thought is, well, there's eight of us. That's probably too many here. And we're now exposing all of us and all this bubble that we're in 
mm-hmm. to outside fa- forces, and that's what's happened. The bigger number of that bubble that are out together has increased the risk of somebody catching it, and as we, we get, it's a quarter of the guys that were there. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's like I said, let's let's try and move it on. And Jim, I mean, do you think? I mean. Do you think there should be an, an extra punishment on the to, on the top of what's? I mean, it's been the, obviously the, the the Hamilton. We again, we could sort of uh, time could overtake us, and you know things could change. But we're expecting Aberdeen's next two games to be played. Do you think there should be a punishment on top of this? Should you, do you think they should, the the game should have been forfeited and St Johnston got the three points? I don't think that uh, punishment would, you know, I don't see any point in it now, to be frank. I mean, apart from anything else, Aberdeen have made a mistake. They've now been kind of almost publicly humiliated, the players themselves. Stevie Brown, St. Johnson chairman, isn't making a a huge deal of it. He could have, you know, we've had a civil war almost running in Scotland, you know, reconstruction talk, when the season started, would it start the whole bit? And of course, the Scottish government kind of put the kibosh on the game anyway. So, you know, to be honest with you, now going down the line of punishment for, for, for Aberdeen, you know, awarding Saints the points or something like that, I don't think makes any sense at all. I think we simply have to learn the lesson here. A phrase I, I have come to hate, but in this in, in this uh, set of circumstances, I'll make an exception. We learn the lesson. Everyone knows now what they must do and must not do. We move on and we kick the game off again. But you do have to feel for St Johnston in all of this. I mean, I can say that as the Aberdeen guy and... and and as as I look at the the guys and the names mentioned, four or five would have featured at McDermott Park if it had been a normal set of circumstances. But and they're all going to be available for the game next Thursday now. And you can add in Andy Considine, who would have been sitting out a, a two match ban at McDermott Park on Saturday. Um, so with this game now going ahead, it does seem like a bit of a double whammy for for Callum Davidson and his squad. Really, there's no doubt about that, Paul. The only thing I would say is, you know, in this current season, we've had teams, you know, promoted who haven't actually won their leagues physically. We've had teams relegated who haven't, uh, uh, you know, could, could have physically. Uh, St- still stayed up in some circumstances, Patrick Thistle in particular. So, I mean, it's been a grim, a grim, you know, end to the season, a grim start to the season all around. I mean, my suspicion is, you know, we cut our losses and say, okay, we, we, we start again. Um, you know, we, we start again and let's, Let's just make sure that everyone knows what they're doing and gets it right and no chances are taken this time. Otherwise, if we end up, you know, um, Hammer and Aberdeen taking three points off them, the, the bitterness that is already deeply embedded in the Scottish game simply continues. I think, you know, the warning shots have now been fired. I think anybody knows now if you step out of line, there's got to be some kind of punishment. But for the moment, my preference would be simply to move on and start again. Ian, the one thing I would say against that, though, would be that I think, you know, as you well know, football is as tribal as it comes and and social social media is even more tribal. But I, I got a, a sense from Aberdeen fans that they almost felt that the right thing would have been for St. Johnston to get the to be given the points out of this one. Yeah, I think that's fair comment. And of course, Aberdeen's punishment, you know, we're talking about punishment here, that might come in the results that they have over the next few games, uh, particularly that match uh, against Celtic. Uh, that, that that looks extremely, extremely difficult at, at, at any time, but with, with a depleted team like that, uh, uh, you know, it, it could be a frightening experience for, for, uh, for the Dons. Uh, also, I think I doubt that these players will be ready just to step in for the St Johnston game because are they going to be fit? I mean, they're not doing any kind of training. Will they be able to be involved in setups, etc.? I, I think it'll be a struggle for them to be there on the on the twentieth. But if if that 
if, if it is a full strength Aberdeen side, then I think I think St Johnson do have a complaint there. Um, but we've got to get through this. We're all making it up as we go along. And and I would also like to say, off the pitch, clubs have been fabulous. The matches I've done up to now have been at Tannadice and Fur Park. I mean, even even I, I was even kind of having a laugh to myself when I, I went into the car park at Motherwell because they're socially distanced, not just the journalists, but your actual car. You had a space and then you had a, a clear space and then somebody else's car. You had to have a space in between the cars, which I thought was a bit over the top, but you could see how they're trying to, uh, to, to tick every box with this coronavirus uh, restrictions that they're doing. There's takedown, there's one-way uh, avenues to your seat, etc. So after match is very strict as well. So the clubs are trying, football's tried. It's just that this is, unfortunately, this has come on. And it looked, there was a there was there's a lot of people. I think Chris Boyd was the most high profile one of them at the weekend. There was saying that what should have happened was St Johnson should still have been the first game, so Hamilton and Celtic should have been kicked kicked down the kicked down the road a bit and, and tried to squeeze in at a later date. Is there is there is would that have been just too problematic, Paul? Do you think as far as you know fixture congestion? I think so. I think I remember Neil Doncaster saying they've only got one free date. Mm-hmm. And with the dawn, it's going to be kicking into Europe again, presumably every Thursday, however long this lasts, whether it's a matter of weeks or it goes on until Christmas. It's it's going to be a tight a tight squeeze between now and uh, the turn of the year to get the first half of the season played, never mind adding in games that are going off in August. I know. Ian, do you think there's a... Listen, I... I... I don't really like using the word uh, using the term morals in football because especially after the summer we've had but is there a case for saying that when it comes round the St Johnston game that Aberdeen make a gesture and mm. don't play any of the ones who would have missed out at McDermott Park well that's a that's a difficult one <laughs> um that, that's that's up to Derek McInnes what I think I mean as I say it might be a decision made on how fit the players are because although it's only you know they're socially they're self isolated. Oh, they they're only out. They're only training for one day. So yeah, I think questions yeah, would be asked I, I, if they were all available. I think it'll almost be made. His mind will be made up because of that. So I don't. I don't think there'll be the problem. It'll be fascinating to see what the the, the Aberdeen team that is that you know that, that that plays that night starts that night. But um, there is a, a moral question there. There's also a, a question for people saying that like, Hamilton get a free hit almost at, mm-hmm. at, at Aberdeen. I mean, at any Aberdeen team, um, I'm not just saying this because Paul's on, but any Aberdeen team will be a, a good side. Don't get me wrong on that one. But it's a, it's a, it's a chance for them to get three points. And, and they've had a terrible start to the season. Uh-huh. That could kickstart them. So it's causing all sorts of complex problems for the league. Um, this is going to have a knock-on effect. Yeah, Jim. I mean, you you obviously want a line drawn under it, but if it if it happens again, what do you? I'm not I'm not talking about if it happens again to Aberdeen, but you know, do we do we do we just keep postponing games? You know, I mean, what's what's the should 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 there be contingencies and rules put into place for this happening? I, th- I think that's that's one of the biggest issues we've got. Um, Eric, you know, the, the the lack of clarity over what happens in a situation like this. Now, you can't, be, you know, you you can only have broad broad brush rules. You can't simply have a rule for every potential eventuality. I mean, I, I, I do I do like the thought. Of, you know, you, you're kind of 
you're currently in spirit there, mm-hmm. Derek McKenna says, I'm going to put a reserve side out, you know, and have <laughs> Mr. Cholman, Lee Warner, <laughs> Warner doing the commentary. I mean, I, I, this, is, this is Scottish football. I mean, we, we've just gone through this and probably still are halfway through the Civil War within the game, so I don't see that happening somehow. Or other. Look, I mean, I, 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 I am torn on this. I mean, I, as I say, I'm not a sackcloth and ashes man. I mean, in many respects, potentially the right thing to do would have been to say, Aberdeen, you you guys have caused this. You are going to forfeit the points. I just think it... it at this stage, given you know the, the uniqueness of the situation we're in, where everybody is learning as they go, I think it might be an overly harsh punishment. As we are at the moment, when the two meet again, they will meet as they would have at the start of the season, had everything, as, as, as economists say, seated as part of us, everything else being equal, they will meet again. Here he goes again, you know, no here he goes again. With no one having the advantage, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I think we'll learn the lesson here and it wouldn't do any harm uh, if what they call the centre, the SPFL board, simply say, look, you know, this has been a narrow escape here. Next time, if this happens again, then there will be punishment. There will be points for or, or oh, listen, Jim, actually, moment, just thinking, if it happens again, Paul, it might be the end of the league, because I don't think Nicholas Sturgeon is going to give We Nicholas will be jumping in going, right, boys, <laughs> yeah, you've had your problem. fun, I'm taking the ball home. No, exactly. Well, listen, cheers, Paul. Thanks for thanks for joining in for this this part of it, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll let you leave unless you want to hang around and, and speak no, about Dundee I'll, United <laughs> against Motherwell. You know, I'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll go and get my TCP <laughs> with my bruises, gents. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll maybe see you at August the 20th, I. I'll be be keeping my distance I'll be keeping my distance from you don't you worry I'll be the one in the mask (laughs) bring the shed guards (laughs) right guys well we'll stay on the St Johnston theme because they won't be playing Aberdeen next they'll be playing Rangers and it's the sort of poor St Johnston theme continues a wee bit when you look at the the matchup they've got next they're playing they're playing Rangers who've got seven games under their belt Mm -hmm. including pre-season friendlies a European tie St. Johnson have played three games and now have a gap. I mean, it's it's going to be very, very tough for them, isn't it, Jim? Very tough. Well, t- t- tough enough anyhow um, at the best of times because, you know, Rangers, let, let, let's be blunt, Rangers will have... Uh, you, I, I would assume the second best squad in Scotland. I'm still tipping Celtic to to win the league again this season. But Rangers, you know, by, by virtue of their money and all the rest of it, um, have the the second best squad in the country. Albeit Saints are a you know a very good squad, I think. But there is a difference. I mean, St. Mirren were kind of just simply brushed aside against Rangers uh, at the weekend. I don't think St. Johnson will be anything like lambs to the slaughter in that in that respect. But given uh, the games that Rangers have played, and you know, a couple of games you can get away with but they seem to have kind of quite a lot under their belt now including European games and all the rest of it fitness levels will be or, or the sharpness levels mm-hmm. will, will, will be um will be that that kind of that wee bit more advanced and all the rest of it that said St Johnson will be champing at the bit I think they're champing at the bit under a new manager they've got a youngish squad full of energy full of kind of uh, full of tempo and full of kind of you know aggression I mean that tempered aggression you know so I, I, I certainly I'm not writing St Johnson all but the preparation could have been a wee bit better and Ian, we know we know what the team talk will be by by Callum Davison when the Aberdeen game comes round. But do they have to kind of start fostering that sort of uh, like, come on, everybody's against us type thing? Let's 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 go out and show some, you know, let's 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 really fight for the club. I mean, they would fight for the club anyway. But you, you the, I, I, I'm loath to use the term siege mentality this this early into season. But you know, you know what I'm driving at. Yeah. Um... What, what always gives me a bit of optimism with St. Johnson is that the, 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 over the years they've thrown in 
they've thrown in the odd uh, terrific away result when you're when you're least expecting it. So you, we never know. But look, this this has gone from being this has gone from being following up Tanadice draw, which was a, a good second half performance, a deserved point in the end for St Johnson. So following up that draw with a home game against a depleted uh, Aberdeen side. Now you're going to Ibrox against, as you've pointed out, a Rangers team that's got so many games under their belt. And also, I think, think looking back to the weekend draw for Celtic, they'll be desperate to to win these types of matches, these home games, um, so that they can they can really push Celtic this season. So Rangers will be will be going for it. Uh, big time, so it's a huge challenge. It's a huge, huge challenge for Saints. The only thing is, they've got players in there. I've got senior players, experienced players that, that that has faced that kind of thing before. So they've got a chance. But wow, this is uh, it's gone. This is a real, really big test. The thing is, though, Jim, I suppose if you were going into, you never right. You know, St. Johnson of St. Johnson have got recent history of getting good results at, at Ibrox, but I think they. Callum would probably rather have this one than, say, a real crunch game against a Hamilton or a, you know, a Livingston or somebody like that as the next one up, having been disadvantaged, you know, but we've been undercooked. So, he'll, you know, they'll never write the game off, but you, you can almost use this as good preparation for their game at Kilmarnock on the on the Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, Eric. I mean, <clears throat> there's not much you can do about it. You know, they 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 face um. You know they face a Rangers side who will be extremely difficult opposition, but you know Saints have Saints have got a very. I'm I'm looking forward to this because I think this is a big, this is a big challenge. You know when you watch a club like Kilmarnock going out and, and taking a game to Celtic and really getting about them and all the rest of it, you think to yourself, well, St Johnson, St Johnson are now an established, you know, top six side and have been over the last, uh, the last while. There is no good reason that St. Johnson can't go out and give Rangers a really hard game. You know, you look through, the, the, the there's, there's, there's talent of plenty there, you know, whether it's kind of you know, Young McCann, uh, the Henry May partnership, you know, Craig. I, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing Craig Conway getting a real run at things as well. I mean, you know, O'Halloran, if he can keep, well, right, actually, O'Halloran suspended, one, yeah. of course. Yeah, so he's suspended for this one, of course. Um, it shows how daft it was. But I mean, generally speaking, you know, the, the, the situation with Saints is, um, I hate, I, I genuinely hate, this is one of the things that I, I'm enjoying hearing about Mickey Mellon. I, I, I kind of hate when there's a lack of positivity about any game, you know, when it's kind of almost like lambs to the slaughter. Now, there's not been any suggestion of that from St. Johnson. You need to go in, particularly when you're going against Celtic Rangers, you need to go in and think, building yourself up, talking yourself up. People always talk about journalists not talking the Scottish game up. Well, I hate when managers and, 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 and players and, and clubs don't talk themselves up against Celtic Rangers. We know that by and large that they have a better quality of player because they pay a fortune by comparison to what most clubs pay. But but you know, it's amazing how kind of how far that extra determination and attitude can, can take you. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. St. Johnson have got to go and face them. I think they've got a really good squad this season. I, I think they'll be they will make top six no bother. Um so just get out and have a bang at them. Yeah, and I have I've, I've watching I, I watched Rangers against uh, St Martin there on Sunday and saw plenty of uh, Rangers up in Aberdeen. I th- I th- I think the no crowd factor might be might be helping Rangers whereas you, you you'd probably you'd automatically think oh playing at Ibrox against with, with no fans is an advantage for the away team. I th- I think just the fact that you know <laughs> 
Rangers, one of the big things about Rangers in the second half last last season was the sort of the mental side of it, wasn't it? You know, when the pressure when the pressure cranked up, particularly from their own supporters, it became too much for them. Now it's all about you know it's purely where Rangers and Celtic should have you know the bit technically better players when they've got all the ball at Ibrox against a team like St Mern. You know, there's nothing to. There's, there's, there's no, you know, and, and even against a team like St. Mun who weren't offering much, you know, the game is still 1-0 for a while. You might have got murmurings, you know, come on, we should be putting them away. You know what I mean? The pressure coming down from the down from the stands. There's none of that now. It's just a pure footballing footballing contest. And usually the better team wins in those circumstances, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, although, if, if you're a St. Johnston player and you're sitting going to that, you know, you're sitting on the bus going to that game, you you're, you must be thinking, well, there's no crowd. It's it's a bit of a leveler. Um, there's not there's not the forty nine thousand Rangers fans there, so it, it should give them a, a better chance. Uh, no, no, notable it was I think on Saturday that the it was three away victories, uh, including United uh-huh. um, at, at Mullerwell. You know, so the the away teams are doing as we found I think in Germany. Away teams were, were doing better probably than, than you, you would normally expect. So we don't know if that's going to happen going forward. We'll see. But I, I just think that you, you might be right about the pressure. And, and also this season of all seasons for Rangers, it's it's the most pressure there's been on them for God knows how many, how long. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's maybe better because you'd get the anxiety if, if Saints held out for the 20 minutes or so. You'd maybe get the anxiety from the Ibrox stands coming down and affecting the home team, so that might help the Rangers a bit. But I just think that I just think if I was if I was a St. Johnson player, and luckily for St. Johnson fans, I'm not. Um, <laughs> you would be looking forward to this game. I'd, you would be, I'd looking, be looking forward, forward to, to watching it if you if, <laughs> if you were a St. Johnson player. I'd pay, I'd pay a watch <laughs> Maybe for a couple of minutes until I was substituted. <laughs> right. So no, I just think, I just think no crowd. It should help. It should help the away teams. I think at these grounds, particularly when you go to Ibrox. And, and Celtic Park. Well, Ian, we'll stick with you. You were the mm-hmm. man at, uh, at Fir Park on Saturday. What was your What was your reaction when you saw the, the team lines? No Lawrence Shanklin in, in particular. Yeah, no, no Lawrence Shanklin indeed. He, he had a, an ankle injury. Uh, it was a precaution that he was left out, so he, he should be back for Hibs. Um, listen, I'll be honest here. I, I, I was It was one of anxiety because I think a, a Shanklin... Uh, Less United team is is a worry. However, and you st- the game started Motherwell dominated early 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 period, but then you you slowly and surely saw United coming into the game, and the younger legs. I know Lawrence is only twenty five, but he had a, he had an able replacement in Louis Perry who ran the line very well. So United had the work rate up up front that you usually get from Shankland as well, and also. Um, Shankland had had a, I think by his standards, not a very good game against St. John's. He missed a few mm-hmm. chances. He'll come right, as we all know. Um, so no, I, I was I was a bit nervous uh, for the team to start with. But as as you watched the game, you grew more confident, and I imagine all the players grew more confident, and they they did the job in the end with a great finish by. Uh, uh, someone who was trying to impersonate Lauren Shankland yeah, in the oh, forms right. of Mark Reynolds with a, a fabulous just, strike. Just he'd forgotten to go back up the pitch, hadn't he? But then, and yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully he did. I mean, Jim, it's a, I mean, it would have been a confidence booster in in any circumstances winning at Motherwell. Uh, one of the teams you would expect to. Well, they they'll want to 
to fight to be best of the rest after after the old firm, but to do it without your talisman as well. Oh, that I mean, the belief should be soaring through that that team now. Well, I I think so. There's a combination of things that United fans can can be absolutely delighted about, um, Eric. I mean, you know, you take the goal for starters. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, Reynolds kind of, you know, having the the savvy to sneak into the back post there. I mean, the ball was won on the right when Motherwell was sleeping from their, I think it was Tony Watt that that, that got rid of it, wasn't it? You know, it was a great low ball in from Bolton. I mean, it was a really wicked height for anybody to deal with. And I think it was, was it just missed by a Perry, in fact? And it's, you know, it didn't sneak over, it whipped over to the far post. And Reynolds, I thought, was he showed good aggression, you know, to, to steam in there at the back post uh, and blast it. And I remember Motherwell, you know, I watched the highlights again this morning. I mean, Motherwell had five men in, against two in the box. So United did really well capitalising on it. But, I mean, I thought there were a lot of really good things about it. I thought, I mean, I'm, a, I'm in a Perry fan, as you know. Uh-huh. I mean, there was a couple of excellent moves in the game. There was one kind of lovely turn and a layoff to Harks who got a, you know, a yeah. shot that he dragged across um, goal. And then there was a beautiful, neat take in the turn with the ball, just about 20 yards inside his own half. And he made a 30-yard run, laid it off to Harks. He switched to Bolton, who cracked the side net from 10 yards. So I thought, you know, all of that was impressive. That Butcher with that kind of angled header he had, it was only just wide from the Pollock corner. But I mean, Powers, what a beautiful left-foot volley that was from Powers. And the keeper, you know, just getting a reaction, great reaction, safe to turn it on the bar. So, I mean, I know there were a couple of kind of close things with Motherwell, you know, in terms of headers and that. But I thought, you know, that, that United, there was so much to be pleased with in terms of the hard graft and, you know, both with and without the ball. I mean, you know, Mickey Mellon's only a few weeks in and, and the organisation and just the sheer volume of work that the players are getting through is really, really impressive. They're full of confidence and they're full of intensity. And I think that occurs well for the rest of the season if they can keep that up. And also, you know, to finish with it, hogging it here... I'm now looking at the bench and I'm watching, you know, the academy guys coming through and starting or the academy guys uh, on the bench. And suddenly that looks a really impressive squad. Yeah, Ian, uh, and it was a back four. He's, he's, you were, we, we did a podcast, I think you were on holiday at the time, but we did a podcast with Matt Jones who, who covers who covers Tranmere and, and, and knows the ins and outs down there. And he said, like, expect to see changes in formations and horses for course you know you, there'll be no such thing as a Mickey a Mickey Mellon formation as and he's the back four did it look did it look better to you than than the, than the back five the previous week they certainly uh, it certainly was it was certainly effective yeah it looked solid and um well they all played well right across right across the line um the full backs as well but I think I think touching on uh, we've got a manager there who United's got a manager there who uh can change things mid-game as well. We know how important that is. I think that you'll have a collective cheer from the the rooftops from United fans seeing a manager changing things and adapting to mm-hmm. things yeah. um, during matches. Also, starting what what a change from a back three to a back four. What that tells me is a manager. You've, you've had a manager who spent all week. Looking at the opposition, thinking about things, how is he going to change it? He's going to go to a different challenge of, of an away match and tackle that, and that is encouraging. You have somebody putting thought into it, um, and I, I think I think Mellon has, has made an impressive start. He's got a huge, <laughs> huge challenge coming up against three scoring Hibs, but you know he, he's someone who has talks a good game. He's confident with himself. He, he's backing his players. He's also picking different players and giving them the chance. Here, Logan Chalmers came in, um, so 
he's not, he's not scared to, to to put young guys in. He put he puts a Perry up front. So he's 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 giving it a go. He's putting thought into things. He is having obviously team talks at half time that 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 matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then United kick on. They kick on in the second half and deserve to win. Full, fully deserve to win that match. This is what Jim. This is what we hoped we would get from Mickey Mellon, and it's kind of you know in the it's 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 following. It's following along from what Matt Jones said to us a few weeks ago, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, I, th- I think there, there is nothing bugs supporters more than, than, you know, they're sitting in the stand having paid their kind of either a season book or their 22 or 24 quid. And they're watching, you know, maybe uh, uh, somebody playing right side who is constantly, you know, getting you know, gubbed for pace or just marked at the game or shot down, can't get a cross in, or a midfielder who, you know, or a midfielder that is outnumbered 3 to 2 or something like that. And a manager not, ma- and there are managers in the game who are like that. They will not make changes. Will not make changes. Um, I think you know there's a fine line between uh, just giving things a few more minutes to pan out and and realizing it's not working. And it looks as though Mickey Mellon is a guy who knows his own mind and, and is prepared to make changes quickly when he sees that things are not working, or he, or when he spots a, a, a weakness that perhaps is becoming evident in the opposition side. You know, uh, and I think. <laughs> There's a, there's a few things I'm delighted at. I'm delighted to see Jamie Robson start to really prosper. He's not a kid anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm a big fan. He took a lot of stick from United fans in the early days. I really like Robson. I think he's got good pace. He's got good energy. Um, he's had to work a wee bit harder on, on his defending at the back than going forward. But I really like him. Uh, I, I, I like Bigger Pair leading, uh, leading the line. Paula uh, has got all the pace in the world if, if he can stay fit. Um, Harks, I like Harks as well. I think Harks has got energy to burn. He's become very direct. Um, I thought he was very very good at the weekend. It's always early to say, but Bolton looked as though he had kind of, you know, good kind of driving, uh, uh, you know, running ability, low centre of gravity and all the rest of the ability to get across. And um, and the back, I know the back four, you know, Reynolds and Connolly, people will worry about, you know, are the two in that. Well, there's been plenty plenty of central defenders who are not the paciest in the world. Um, what you need from your central defenders is aggression and commitment. And I think these two guys have got that by the bucket load. That said, the big test is against Hibs because they're free scoring, boilers on fire. Um, they've started the season really, really well, as have United. Um, and it'll be, I think, four or five games in, Eric, before we really start to get the feel of it in terms of kind of how fit are the players, um, how are they gelling, and, and how have they done meeting a kind of a range of, of opposition. But at the moment, after the game against St. Johnson and Motherwell, two sides who have been top six, I think uh, United fans have got lots to smile about. And I think the one thing that that I like, you know, I, m- I mentioned a minute ago, I hate when kind of people don't talk up their players or talk up the chances of Celtic and Rangers. But what I'm liking about Melon already, and it's very easy, you know, to, to say this as a manager, but what I'm already is he understands the size of, in Scottish terms, he understands the size of the club that he's at. And he expects players to have expectations of being at a club at the size of United. He, he has high expectations of the players and that's good because I think the fans should have high expectations as well. I'm not talking about winning the league, but they've got high expectations. All of a sudden, you're starting to listen to them, you're watching how he shapes a team up, how he picks, how he can change it around. And you're thinking, you know what? Top six might be a possibility here. Yeah, I mean, Ian, nothing motivates a player more than uh, somebody being brought in in your position and the fact that uh, Connolly and... Reynolds have now got another experienced centre half who the manager's gone out and, and bought. Mm-hmm. That's gonna that's gonna raise their game, isn't it? It'll be intriguing to see how that one pans out, how quickly or otherwise he decides to introduce Edwards. 
Well, again, I think that's that's a sign of uh, Mickey Mellon's self confidence is that he made a a big signing of, of an obviously important player um, earlier in the week, and yet he resisted the temptation to put him straight on. Now, I think a lot of managers would have would have thrown the, their their new face right in there, but no, no, he 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 kept him on the bench. Um, I might see him against Hibs. Who knows? But uh, I think I think again that's that self confidence. It's also telling the players that are. Connolly and Reynolds look I still trust you I've brought someone else in but mm-hmm. we're a squad here so there's competition for places if you go out and uh, as, as the two of them did play very well on uh, at Motherwell then you know you've got a chance of staying in the team and I think that's that that's fine but I just think yeah I was expecting Edwards to, to go straight in I, I, I wasn't sure about his fitness level but just the way that he looks like United's could be United's biggest summer signing, and um, certainly he, he is at six foot five or something. <laughs> but actually, their most significant one. And uh, yet, the manager said, "No, no, just you sit there and just wait. And you'll get your chance." Well, here's one for you that I never thought I'd ask this question, Jim. And uh, it's very early in the season, but could, is there a case for for uh, leaving Lauren Shankland out? If can you just say, look, even if he's fit, say there you go, same again, lads, and and. And I, th- I think, and again, going back to we're going back to what Matt Jones said to us, he says he's been at Tranmere. He left out big name strikers and big name players just because the guys that had done the job from the week before deserve to stay in. Well, a manager see you know you know a manager sees all the things that that fans and indeed journalists don't see. Um, Eric, he sees the guys every day in training. He sees the atmosphere about the, 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 the you know the, the dressing room. Um, he knows things about injuries, wee injuries, wee niggles. That, that, that you know that even when we're covering the game, we don't always necessarily get wee things that people want to keep quiet and all the rest of it. There are, the, the oldest argument in the in the book, of course, is you don't change a winning team. Now that that you know strictly speaking, that that you know that's not something you should tie yourself in knots on. Of course you change a winning team because you can win with a team where one or two members actually haven't been at top of their top of their game. And of course you can come off a winning game and watch training that week and watch the guy who's been out either through injury or maybe just loss of form and watch the effort he's putting in, who you know already is a top player, uh, and watch the effort he's putting in and thinking, oh, he is bursting to go on Saturday. He's coming in, you know. So I think it's horses for courses. He will know during the course of this week, you know, well, he, he won't know during the course of this week how, you know, because Hibbs is uh, tomorrow night. Um, so, you know, but but over the piece, you, you get the, say there's a week between a game, you see a guy in training, you know how fit he is, how sharp he is, how hungry he is, how he's reacted to, to not playing, either through being dropped or, or just not being fit, you know. So I'm not a great one for saying you can never change a winning team, but as a rule, you'd probably want to keep one. But then, you know, Ian was right earlier on, you were right earlier on. He's obviously looking, he's doing his homework on teams. Hibs will be a different proposition from Motherwell because they play a different type of style. You know, they are more of a an attacking side of things, so you've got to think long and hard uh, about that. Um, but if he feels happy with what he saw and he wanted a very tough place to go, Motherwell, then there's every possibility. That he might. It, depends, it depends how, you know, how the ramifications are from from what kept Shankland out. I mean, you know, if he's still feeling the effect, if he's not fit, they'll have to leave him out, you know. So I think it's horses for courses. But it's, it's not as ridiculous a, an idea as it would, no. it would have maybe sounded, is it, Ian? No, it isn't. And um, it'll depend on, on if he's fit. But, I mean, uh, Appare Ap- defends very well from the front, doesn't he? he do, yeah, and he, and he linked up play very well. He held it up very well at, at, at Motherwell and, and played people in. Um, no, no, he had, a, he had a good game. He had a good game. The only thing is, it's not too long ago that I, I was sitting at Easter Road and uh, 
Shankland scored one of the best goals I thought I saw mm-hmm. last season against Hibs. <laughs> yeah. He also had a, he also had a great goal against them at Tannadice. Oh, I, I, th- I think the dynamic of, of no crowd is is, is probably mm-hmm. more significant than any of us realise because what it means is that United don't necessarily need to go expansive against Hibs. You've you've got a team you've got a team that's uh, an attacking team as Jim says. Hibs Hibs are all full of goals. United could sit and kind of get their measure as they did at Fir Park. I think you might see a, a performance from United closer to the one at Fir Park than than you would normally expect for a home at home performance. Because of that, there's no crowd, there's no fans going get up the pitch, you know, boot it up the park. Yeah, that's not that's not a factor now. So so Mellon can just sit and and, and kind of read the game and and maybe try and hit on the counter attack again. I know it does. There might be some fans that think, oh, United shouldn't be counter attacking Hibs at home, but. You've got to you've got to use your brain, mm-hmm. and I think I think Mellon's uh, good at that. I, I, you know what? I, I think Ian's right, and I, I thought this early on when the German game uh, returned first on telly and all the rest of it. There is, and, and I can't I can't better the word. There is a new and a different dynamic about playing without a crowd there. I, I mean, it, it's a bugbear for me. And look, I know that we're in a privileged position as journalists. We turn up, we don't have to pay our hard-earned cash to get in. So guys, guys get in, and they're entitled to it. Uh, and title have their say, but I think there is something wholly destructive and self-defeating um, about crowds. Now, the United crowd can be a hard one when they get on a young guy's back, maybe on a young academy graduate he's coming through. He's learning the game. He's trying to, you know, he's trying his hardest, trying to please his manager without a crowd yelling and bawling when they don't necessarily understand the instructions he's under, what he's expected to do, what he's been told to do. You know. Um, and I think in that respect, uh, th- this is a very interesting start to the season where you've not got that ed- that you've not got that additional extra pressure on players, where players can can play without that extra pressure from the terracing. They'll have to get used to it because we'll be back with a full terracing, uh, you know, or full stands very shortly. But for the moment, I think it's important. It's important, particularly for young players, young academy players, and sometimes for older pros who have been getting a bit of stick. I mean, you know, this, the stick given for for the clearance. That, that led to the St. Johnson goal the other week was just over the top. You know, a difficult, a difficult position. It was Connolly, wasn't it? Who, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you, you, you know, try to clear it. He, he was almost, he was almost on the line. His body was in an awkward shape as the ball came to him. You know, um, had he conceded the corner, people would be, oh, you giving a corner away for. So he turned and, and he tried to clear it at a very awkward height for the ball. Hard to get the leg up. Hard to get any purchase without being over the line. And guys are, you, you, you kind of say, you know, there's no there. But I know from. Uh, social media guys were on his case now had, had that been played in front of a crowd they'd have been screaming and bawling at him you know and I just think sometimes you need to be more you need to be passionate as a crowd but you need to support your players as well and I think this is this whole thing has brought an interesting dynamic in terms of how players you're seeing certain players develop without a crowd being on their back it's a it's a great week of football Ian for United to look forward to you know, the two two teams Who've got off to good starts, but first up, Hibs. I mean, Hibs are on. They're scoring goals aplenty, and that man, Nisbet, who was obviously a target for Dundee United, mm-hmm. he's, he's doing what we hoped he would do at the top level, wasn't he? Yeah, I did back him. I did back him in the paper to be the standout, one of the standouts of the season. Uh, we know, we he know. Started, <laughs> he started brilliantly. <laughs> no, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he's a good player. And he's, he's he was always one that you thought, doesn't matter, like like Shankland, I suppose, doesn't matter what level he's at, he'll, he'll, he'll get goals. And that's, that's proven the case. Um, United will be aware, though, that Hibs have got threats from all over the pitch. 
Uh, Martin Boyle, for example, is just one, but all, all over, even through their midfield. Uh, so it's a it's a tough, tough game. Probably the toughest. Well, I'd say it would be the, the toughest out with uh, a visit from either Rangers or Celtic. So it'll be a real challenge for United. Um, I'm not sure whether it's a good time after after this game. I think I think it probably will be. What they've got is they've got a confident performance behind them, and they were also solid. United were solid as a unit. Uh, so that might frustrate Hibs a bit, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, if you're a, if you're a neutral, I think that's that's a game to, to tune into because it'll be it'll be a fascinating one. Jim, do you, do you give them a decent chance in this one? I I think if United take a point out of this, if they take a win out of it, and it is at Tannadice, but it's no crowd and all the rest. It's all that is evened out. And I think if United take a point from this, then I think you get the sense that a point from Saints, three at Motherwell, one from 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 Hibs, albeit at Tannadice. I think you kind of sense then you get you'll get the sense that something special is happening at Tannadice. Hibs are a, a, you know Nisbet I think will be a great addition for them. Doidge is a player I like too. Martin Boyle I, I couldn't believe in Dundee I like Martin but I, I love Martin Boyle I think he's a great player. I, I you know I I, I like I always like to think I can spot a player and I have done over the years. First few times I saw Boyle, I thought that guy is a player. He's got pace, got directness. I, I, I love watching him. Um, Newell's another uh, smashing player. So is Gogic. Um, Hibs are a good side. They are a very good side. United got caught last season. Remember against them, the stepping up the, the, the tempo of the game, the mentality of the game, just that wee bit um, extra. It'll be no different this season. This will be a great test, I think, uh, for United to get up against that side. I mean, Hibs, have they considered a goal? Yeah, I don't... Uh, um, yeah, they did. They had that that the work in the first four, game, four, four. and then and then a penalty against against Levy. And Dykes with the penalty, that's right. But I mean, you know, you've got Nisbet just signed and he, he bangs in a hat trick, you know, Dodgy scoring as well. Boyle is just so direct, you know, um, goal scorer too. So this, I think, will be a great test, um, a great test for United. And if, if they come through this one well, well, point three would be incredible. Um, then I think you know that this might actually be a, a, a more of a special season than than um, than even enthusiasts had hoped uh, at Tannadice. But it will be a big, big test. Um, three great tests, actually, it's start the season. Three really great tests to start the season for United. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'll be tuning into this one with interest. What's, what's Ian, just to wrap things up, What's what would represent a good good week's work for, for United this week out of the two games? I think just like the point that St Johnson was made to look a lot better, against St Johnson was made to look a lot better by the result at Fir Park, I think a point against Hibs would be made to look better if they then go up to uh, Dingwall and, and beat Ross County. That would be Absolute fabulous uh, week for United if that's the case. Stay unbeaten. I think that's the thing. Stay unbeaten. Does unbeaten matter? I think it does, doesn't it? it just. I think for confidence. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, right. I, I think for defenders, clean sheets matter as they do to goalkeepers. <clears throat> I think for the entire team, unbeaten matters. When you go, if you've gone three, if you've gone four, unbeaten confidence, the fragile flower starts to really bloom. So I think if they come out of this one unbeaten, three gone unbeaten, two draws, let's say, and a win, a win would be even better. Two wins would be an incredible start of the season. So yes, unbeaten is a huge thing. That was some nice prose from you, Jim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like Lord Byron there. I, I try my best, Ian, you know. Oh dear, oh dear. No, there we go. We're def- definitely finishing now. We're not having comparisons like that. Right, cheers guys, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks, thanks for listening again. Thank you. Thank you. 
If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or whatever you find your whatever you find your podcast. All that really helps. that really helps talking fine talking football. That means a lot, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to don't forget to pick up your copy on the Courier Monday to Saturday. Go to the courier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business, and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.